Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to come together as individuals and as people and as men. Um, we thank you for the opportunity to have iron sharpening iron, as you say, and for the fellowship that we get to share together this morning with Mr. Brian and Mr. Todd. Um, in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Real blessed today to have Mr. Justin Robichaud on the show. We're going to talk a little bit about a book that he and his dad wrote. Welcome to the show, Justin. Thank you. Thank you for having Our me. Our co-host today is Mr. Brian St. Cyr, a close friend of mine, an avid listener of the show, and uh, happy to have him here. And he brought Justin to us. Thank you, Brian, for being here. You're welcome, Todd. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, so the book, I'll just tell you, is The Real Game, and it's Overcoming Life's Personal and Professional challenges uh, co-written by Mr. Tony Robichaud, uh, Justin's father, and Justin Robichaud. And again, with that, uh, just Justin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I was born and raised um, here, you know, when when my dad was, was, was at Magnese in Lake Charles. I was born in Lake Charles, and then around the first grade, we we moved back here when he accepted he accepted the job. And we grew up in Crowley, Louisiana, went to Notre Dame High School, St. Michael's. I was you know, raised in a, in a Catholic school, very thankful for my parents for having that opportunity. Went to St. Michael's, went to Notre Dame, had the opportunity to play for my father at UL, um, had a short stint in, uh, in professional baseball, and then uh, got into the real world, and mm-hmm. then uh, got thrown a lot of, a lot of curveballs, and then started to realize, I think, you know, my gift is, is after impacting young minds and, and young athletes. Fantastic. And, so you're a pio, you know, uh, that's a big deal around my house. We, you know, we went, I went to Cathedral and Turlings and Cathedral and Notre Dame back in the day. That was, that was like the big three ring of rivalry. But I spent many a days in Crowley and I was telling you when we spoke on the phone, I actually played softball with your dad and, and with your uncles on our Hub City Ford softball team. So I, I knew your father like that. When we had the inspiration to come up with Cajun Catholics, um, sort of stole the name from UL, Raging Cajun Catholics, and uh, and your dad was the absolute top of the list to have as a guest, and we never got a chance to have that opportunity. I was at the funeral when your father passed, and uh, and again, um, just just an amazing man, and uh, and I can't imagine what y'all have been through, but. Um, but Brian and I were kind of talking in my office, like, where did his faith come from? Was it was it your grandpa, or did you know where do you think his faith came from? Uh, my grandfather was like the, the epitome of of the sweat of the brow, so to yeah. speak. Um, he he worked early mornings, late nights. They had Robichaud's meat market in Crowley. I think that's where my my father, you know, laid the the groundwork of his work ethic. Uh, when it comes to his faith, it was, you know, I believe, it was my grandmother, when. And she was the most selfless person I've I've ever met in my life outside mm-hmm. of my father. She had a lot of things go against her when it comes to her health and those things. And man, there was always a rosary wrapped around her wrist. You go to her house. She she had a she actually had a relic of the cross. Wow. Um, to rosaries blessed by Padre Pio. I mean, she she was elite when it comes to come to come to her faith grind man and i think that's that's where the foundation got laid with my dad yeah so you know i was reading in the book um uh, that he 
and I'm going to call it a conversion. Um, and we've had this conversation on the show with a lot of different guests and with myself, you know, that in my conversion was at Curcio. And, um, you know, it was sort of just a moment in my life where I was older and God was pulling on my heart. And, and I read in here uh, on one of the pages that in 2012, your dad, and he didn't say the word conversion in the book that I read anyway, but that he really like had a conversion. Do you believe he did? And tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think that's, you say conversion, I say spiritual maturity. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's the same word really. But I think that's the moment in time when you realize, I guess the impacts that you're making and on a level of what your gifts actually are to give back. You know, his, his famous saying, you know, let the way you live your life define who you are I think he always kind of personified himself as a as a public figure, speaker, good pitching coach. And I think when BJ wrote that article, he came to terms with his conversion of, man, you know, maybe this is something bigger. Maybe this is about molding individuals um, for, for life's personal and professional challenges. And mm -hmm. that's I think that's when, when it all kind of clicked for him. Yeah, I, I'll read a line from the book. It says, at the end of the day, I believe that when a boy becomes a true man, then a godly man, everything in his life falls into place. And uh, I, I feel like I, ha I, I experienced that uh, at Curcia for me. And I, I've always loved softball, baseball, been around it a lot. And the book is fantastic. Highly recommend. Where can they find the book? Let's start with that. Uh, so it's uh, I'm changing some things on, on how everything's done. But at, at right now, um, it'll always be available on Amazon. Um, if you go to Amazon and you search the real game, uh, overcoming life's personal professional challenges, or you just, you know, Google search Tony Rope show book, mm -hmm. it, it, it'll pop up. Yeah. I was at Red's the other day and, uh, uh, that's where I do some of my praying and work while you wait, you know, that, that one was weighing heavy on me. And I, I really like that saying, and I find that that applies in my spiritual life as well. Yeah. You know, uh, that's that's uh, just something that, that, that resonates with me. You know, I don't like to spend a lot of idle time, whether it's at work or whatever. Like, I feel like we should always be doing something, you know, whether it's praying or whatnot. But, uh, okay, so what you got going there with your band? It's, it's, it says work while you wait. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's one of his sayings that's kind of always stuck. Uh, it's actually my favorite. Um, and when he had passed, we had some bands that were made and kind of held on to them. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, I was going to say, I love sports, and I want to talk a little bit of sports, but I remember your father. I'm in the Rotary Club of Lafayette, and he spoke at least, I mean, I've heard him speak at least three or four times to our club. And one thing that, that I took away from one of his, his meetings, not really a spiritual message, but that the major leagues, that over half of the guys were, were, were not from the United States. And I, I couldn't believe that. I like, nah, that can't be right, you know. But it is right, and um, and then he, he would also say about you know talk, like to talk about Johnny Fireball. Okay. <laughs> uh, Fireball Johnny. <laughs> tell him tell him that story a little bit about what Johnny Fireball is all about. Well, I, I think that's the the image you see when you're rolling down I ten, and you know the 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 mom or the dad you know has all the the you know the the glass on their suburban decked out and painted and. And when it says Fireball Johnny, it's alluding to, you know, this this individual that plays, I guess, travel baseball. There you go. And you know he was bent on, on the, I guess, the game that was evolving at the time um, that we have now and with, you know, USSSA and, oh, yeah. and the foundation of rec athletics and how the game's kind of diversified and 
the culture's changed a little bit. And that's what was interesting is he saw that kind of a long time ago. And, and he did. It's it's changed and it's going to continue to change. And and I don't think he was against the change as much as he was against what the teachings were behind the change. Yeah. Um, and then when you when you reference Fireball Johnny, he was my dad was 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 bent on you know the competitive side of things and overcoming your circumstances and you know his saying of you know we want guys that drink out of the water hose. Uh, goes against the fireball Johnny method. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I tease a lot of my uh, family that have kids in in in, uh, in the in the elite leagues. You know, you want to call them because I remember Tony saying, you know, the kids uh, overseas that are in the majors now they don't even keep score. He said they just play, they practice, and they get better, and they don't keep score. And I remembered him saying that. And 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 over here, that's all we do is keep score, right? Yeah, one of the 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 things he used to always tell me and my brother is you know we were gonna we were gonna get met with a you know a cuban or a dominican you know at 12 or 13 we better be ready to hook it up and i think what he meant by that is they're fielding ground balls with no shoes on they don't even have gloves (laughs) and then uh you know any i think one of the things he was saying is like man we're getting taken over with people with no shoes and gloves <laughs> we're not getting taken over you know with you know people with you know jet fighter material it's it's people with that's no hilarious. shoes and gloves yeah that's so funny you know like i said spend some time in crowley for those of you who who, who haven't or maybe this is just still a thing in crowley where there's the boulevard right and you just drive around over and over right is that you know i don't know if that happened in your high school years but that's the, that was like the hangout you go by to McDonald's and you just keep making loops until somebody talks to you. But, um, you know, I had a lot of fun playing back in the day, playing softball with, with your uncles and your dad, and uh, we were we were pretty pretty serious. This is what I remember about your dad. He had red U- USL cleats uh, that were standard issue, I guess, when you played for the team, and that was, like, big time. Like, if you saw somebody with those red cleats on, you knew that they were a player. And your dad had those cleats on. He was the only guy that I knew that had those cleats on. And he was like, oh, watch out, watch out. <laughs> yeah. They went They went from, uh, like, I think back in the day, man, it was, you know, I'm, I'm seven or eight years old. And when the, when, the, when the school year is over, they grab all the spikes and all the gloves and anybody that some, somebody wants to donate something, and they would end up going through an organization and giving it away for somebody outside of the United mm-hmm. States. And I would always go in that bin and and grab and grab the spikes. I was I was like eight years old, wearing a size 13 pair of Mizuno spikes, even though I wore a size eight. I I always you know mess with my mom. That's why I always had ingrown toenails. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one one of the things in the book that caught my attention was uh, be be a hiker, not a camper. Talk talk a little bit about what that means to you. Yeah, it's it's it alludes to adversity. Yeah, I think. When we wake up in the morning, I think in in Corinthians it talks about you know putting on the armor of God, and you know as soon as we walk out the door, we're going to be punched right and left. And his his big thing was when you do get punched, who are you? That's what I want to know. Who are you when you're going to get hit? Um, when when everything's comfortable and convenient, that means nothing. Um, who are you when the journey gets hard and life is hard? You know, the good Lord never said it was going to be easy, but he did say it was going to be worth it. So when, when, when we're going through our trials and tribulations and we're on our journey, we're, we're on what we call an invisible climb. And are you going to 
when you do get punched, you know, are you going to set up your camp and say, I'm good? You know, he used to say, are you going to sit down when it's time to stand up? Are you going to stay in the fetal position? Or are you going to, you know, duct tape yourself back up, bootstrap it back on, and, and continue your climb? Yeah, I, I, that caught my attention to the invisible climb and also the analogy to uh, a water boiling and how, you know, that when you see water heating up, uh, you can't really know that it's heating up. It doesn't really change until it until it ultimately boils. And I can so relate to that in my faith life because, you know, you never really know where you are. You know, that's part of that invisible climb. You, you know, you, you, go, you think you're going in the right direction. And uh, I guess in baseball, the same thing. You know, you hope you're improving. Sometimes that doesn't show up on the rec- in the record books, or maybe in your batting average, or how you, or your ERA. But 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 I think as long as you you're moving forward, and that's that part of I think faith. It's in it's it's also a spiritual thing. Like you you, you have the faith, maybe even in sports that you're moving forward, and sometimes you're not. You know, you're coaching now. So I guess all that's really in the forefront of your life. Yeah, 100%. And that's the cool part about the book is I'm able to, you know, give it back to the girls, um, whereas he gave it to the guys. So now we're filling up both halves of the cup, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, the what I talk to our pitching staff uh, about is, you know, who are you when, you know, when it's a one-run game? Who are you when, when the bases are loaded and we got – you know, there's no outs. You know, who are you in that adversity? And then constantly preaching to them about the art of progression, not perfection. And I think that's one thing that we all struggle as individuals and as people is is that battle of progression over perfection. Nice. I want to remind our listeners, you're listening to Cajun Catholics, and to get today's guest is Mr. Justin Robichaux, and he co-authored uh, The Real Game with his father, and I think Justin uh, wrote the final chapter. It's a, it's a, it's a walk around the bases or a run or, uh, you know, your life around the bases. And uh, and I think Justin, right from from third base on, that was your that was pretty much where you took over the book. Yeah. the The truth is, uh, I'll share with you the whole truth on this one. The story is written based on the game of baseball or the game of softball. It's circular. Um, I think one cool thing that we have the blessing over is uh is the homily from the funeral from father sibley mm. is actually on spotify so i went back and listened to that probably more times than i should have um <laughs> and i thought he did such a phenomenal job of of tying all the uh loose ends together uh the service was was beautiful it was but, um, what, what Father Sibley alluded to is that the game is circular. We start at home, we end at home. So the first chapter, uh, the elite formula, is if, if you played for him you know, in the early 90s, that's the version of him that you actually got. Um, he was speaking to McDonald's, you know, Acadian Ambulance, uh, professional organizations around Lafayette, and it was really about becoming the best version of you through progression. And then when you hit second base, that would be, you know, coach in his later years, um, seven lies of sport, uh, having, giving the ability of, he was seeing the culture change at that point and starting to see things define us from an identity standpoint. And then when you hit the 13 hurdles, that was, that was coach, you know, really right at the end, um, overcoming, you know, our 13 hurdles of life. And then uh, I had the honor and the privilege of, of, finish in that last chapter but the he wrote the seven lies of sport 
in its entirety. Uh, the 13 hurdles and the uh, elite formula, this is one of the most challenging things that I've ever done in my life because when you listen to him speak, he had a way with, with words and uh, I think a lot of people loved listening to him speak. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the challenge with that is when you, when you got everything transcribed on paper, it didn't sound the same, which I was banking on that. <laughs> yeah, I did not know that was going to be a problem. So my original goal with this whole project is I wanted to, you know, listen to his former players uh, close their eyes as they're reading the book and, and say, man, man, I can hear you, Dad, when, when, when I read these words. And, uh, you know, I'm very thankful I've never written before, but I wrote before, but, you know, it might be terrible. I don't know. But I did have former players reach back out to me and, and say those words. So in, in my eyes, we I did. You nailed we, it. We did what we were supposed yeah. to do. And the, I, I guess... When we were at the funeral, I saw, you know, guys that played for him in the 90s or in the 80s, in the 90s, in the 2000s, in the late 2000s. And uh, all the, the, the original book that he was going to put out was The Seven Lies of Sport and The Thirteen Hurdles of Life. So I got reached out to he had a had a company in Tennessee that he was working with to to finish these his projects and they reached back out. To our family and uh you know with my sister my brother and my mom you know we all came together and said you know this is something that we need to finish mm -hmm. and uh little did i know i was going to be the one doing it uh, <laughs> with the help of my you know my brother my sister and my mother so right. it's pretty cool nice all right todd um one of the things you said about your grandmother earlier with us was that she was a big part of your your dad's grooming and um, I remember in the book, um, in 2000, at his peak of making it to the College World Series, or one of the biggest achievements, not at his peak, but at one of his biggest achievements, she sat him down after and said, You're gonna, you ha need to hum be humble. You need to keep yourself grounded. And I want you to explain something. Um, I think he did a wonderful job there in, in being so humble and, and not prideful. But in also the final chapter of the book, you throw in stories of your own experience and that humility and service is in there. And in a couple of the stories of people you met in the line at the, at, at the uh, wake, um, could you talk about that a little? Yeah, there was, there was actually a funny story about that. Um, when they... when. I was talking to my mom about this and when they got back from Omaha, you know, local restaurants like Pete's and other places in, in Lafayette, you know, had, you know, Cajuns eat free here or whatever they had up top. And, you know, a lot of speaking opportunities were coming to him at that time because of the success that they've had. So he goes speak, I'm not going to say who it was, but he goes speak to an entity in Lafayette and, uh, you know, they make them a plaque, right? <laughs> and this is after, you know, coming off of Omaha and they're experiencing a lot of success. And, you know, the he still has the plaque. And it says, uh, thank you for, uh, you know, your service to the community, Terry Robodeau. <laughs> oh, <that's good. laughs> yeah. So me and my brother would, we have, you know, these jabs that we'd always give them of we call him Terry, you know, instead oh, of right. Tony. <laughs> <It's funny. laughs> but um 
you know, to your to your question, that still to this day is the most impactful thing that I've ever received in my life of seeing everything going down and then looking at, you know, the elite in the industry with um, Skip Bertman and, um, you know, the elite on the, I guess, in uh, politics with, you know, government officials and those people being there, which was, I, I think I say in the book, it's, it's cool. It, it was cool. But the most jaw-dropping moment of that whole thing was was the FedEx driver, uh, the custodial workers, um, you know, Mr. Vic's family. That's that's always front line and center with with the peanuts on in the baseball and the softball game. Yeah, that that was more than cool. That was supernatural. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I saw what servant leadership was right in front of me. Um, and he he always preached to us about what servant leadership was, and I think his mother taught him that of you know building and a shade tree knowing that you might not ever sit underneath it but when you leave it there it's 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 bigger and it's better and it's producing more shade for more people yeah um justin for me like i've lost my parents it's been a while my, my mom only about three years or or a little more and my father's been a long time but nothing greater than when someone comes up to you and says hey your mother or your father did something for me you know they, they changed my life and 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 when it's someone who's in need yeah, it's nice to have those big political people and, and, and those leaders of the community say that to you, but when it's just someone that's just off the street, someone that uh, doesn't have a whole lot, and, and, and they're given something by one of your parents, it's something very special about that. And, and I have experienced that in my life, and that's beautiful. That's the good, stu that's the good stuff. So uh, I'll ask you a crazy funny question since it pertains to raging Cajun Catholics, but are there crawfish in heaven? What do you think? I'm, I'm gonna say yes. I think so too. I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> What's your favorite Cajun dish? Um, I'm gonna go with you know the the catfish Acadian, the little fried fried piece of catfish over Ooh. some rice with a little etouffee on top. You all right, and, and all Cajun guys, and especially from Carly, can cook, right? You can cook a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm more of a griller. I would say I hang out <laughs> on the barbecue pit at times. Uh, I don't venture too far in the kitchen. That's as uh, I've, I've tried and, and and failed a little bit, so I stay stay with things that I know I'm. I guess I'm decent at. <laughs> you seem so grounded, and uh, it's just uh, just a real blessing to have you on the show today. You, th there's a calmness about you, and uh, I can feel it, and and uh, and I know a deep deep faith as well. But share with our listeners a little bit, a sneak peek about your prayer life. What, what does your prayer life look like today? Um, it's something that I have to make myself hold myself accountable to I guess um, it's a non-negotiable it's almost like a standard or a principle um, and in my mind when somebody when something's a standard or a principle it's almost law like uh, you don't want to break the law right um, so it's 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 every morning and every night um, you know my wife will tell you when I wake up in the morning you know we get that the house flooded with 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 good stuff in the morning and Sometimes she enjoys that at 6 a.m. Sometimes she doesn't enjoy that at 6 a.m. But um, I, I learned that uh, that you know if if you want to make something habitual, uh, it has to mean something. And 
um, luckily for me, you know, when my father passed away, I think that was the, I asked myself the question, am I ready to die yet? And the answer was no. <laughs> uh, and I got thrown a heavy slider. And then from there on out, it's been, it's been a grind, you know, uh, one of the hardest things to do is when you're getting back home from a road trip or, you know, I got two beautiful girls at home with a beautiful wife and, um, you know, trying to, it's like a seesaw, man. Like you gotta, your, your pillars of where you're at, when you're at and can't sacrifice family. And then you're trying to mold, you know, these, these young women into, into being who they need to be. And, um, I, I, my, my advice that I would give to anybody is, you know, if you're not who you're supposed to be, then everything around you is not going to be what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, father used to always tell us man he would say you know you got to be careful because somebody's destiny is linked to you and i think uh when when i hit the don't wants uh, or the woe is me type mentality i try to shake myself as soon as i can sometimes i stay in it longer than i should but um that's 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 the real behind that's good stuff man that is good stuff uh tell me about father's day we recently passed through that and i mean being a father uh how, how was that for you uh, I think, you know, that's one of the greatest gifts that God's ever given to me personally uh, is the opportunity to wake up every morning with Evelyn and Rosalind. Um, and on the husband side, too, I think that those are the two most difficult work-related activities we're going to have as men um, with seeing constant adversity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I actually – I was – I was uh, recruiting in Kansas City, and I didn't get home till late. And uh, so, you know, it's it was it was a Father's Day is always kind of a tough day for me because um, it's 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 one of those realization moments. You know what I'm saying? Kind of yep. like Christmas, and 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 you know, is losing losing your parents. I mean, it never gets easier; it just gets better. Yeah. Um, so uh, having the opportunity to wake up the next morning with with my family knowing that uh that i'm surrounded by love man is uh is is what i'm very blessed and thankful for but my mother she always on father's day she'll barbecue and cook at the house and all the grandkids will come over and my sister my brother and myself just unfortunate this year i was in kansas city mm-hmm. yeah that's a little slice of heaven when you can go home and, and enjoy a family uh, meal like that uh, the book is called The Real Game, Overcoming Life's Personal and Professional Challenges. Uh, you can go on Amazon and get it. I think hopefully we'll have it in some of the local uh, Catholic bookstores. And um, it's a really awesome read. Brian and I, uh, I have both read it and uh, highly recommend. Um, uh, just a few minutes left on the show. I uh, uh, want to just thank you so much, Justin, for, for being here. I, I had one last question that I was curious, and maybe some of our listeners, where is your dad's grave? Or is he in Crowley? And do, is that something that, for me, like I don't visit my father's grave that much. I feel guilty about that, but um, that's something y'all. Yeah, at, at first, I think that was the only place where um, I guess I could, I could feel him with me kind of type thing. Um, my my mom man she she went to town on on uh we got a swing out there and it's 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 a really serene quiet place it's beautiful yeah. in Crowley. yes sir it's in next Crowley. it's next to uh i don't i don't know what the cemetery is called but it's right next to bayou bend yeah uh in Crowley. not hookman's huh 
No. 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 <laughs> I know about Hookman's. Yeah. All right. You've been listening to Cajun Catholics with uh, Justin Robichaud. Uh, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. I know you'll be in, in, in our prayers, and we ask for yours. Well, thank you. And Justin would tell you, always engage the Cajun Catholic in you. Again, until next time, God bless.